You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. Myself, Chris Lanuti, and my childhood friend, Dave Kohut, sit on either end of this bar each and every week, and we talk White Sox baseball. We've been doing it for two straight years, and luckily, because fans like us enjoy listening to fans talk honestly about White Sox baseball, we have grown into one of the premier podcasts covering White Sox baseball. And then the coronavirus pandemic. And now we try to give you something to get you through it. What is greater than sitting back and listening to a White Sox baseball game? And that's why we have the White Sox simulated season using MLB The Show ever since opening day, each and every day covered right along with the White Sox schedule as it would have been. And still, every Wednesday, live now, in the morning on the Podbean app, and then shortly afterwards, everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Dave and I still sit down. We talk about what's going on in the real world, and we analyze this, and we take your calls and let you talk to us about it as we try to shape a season together. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park at 33rd and Princeton. Visit them on Grubhub right now or at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. It is Tuesday, April 21st, 2020, and Gio Gonzalez and the 14-9 Chicago White Sox sitting currently in second place in the AL Central take on Jacob Junis. The third time we've seen him, he's 1-0 with a 4.84 ERA. The Sox took game one against the Royals in this three-game set. Let's see if they can take game two. We're on our way out to the rate right now for White Sox Simulated Baseball, brought to you by Sox in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Let's go. Welcome to the south side of Chicago as the Chicago White Sox at guaranteed rate field at 14-9 host the 8-14 Kansas City Royals for game two of this three-game set. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, a sparse crowd, and the number four guy in the rotation, Gio Gonzalez, comes out. Four starts so far, 1-0 record, 4.50 ERA, 22 innings with 20 hits and 10 walks. That's a whip of 1.36. He has 24 strikeouts, though, including nine in his last effort. But remember, in that effort, he only went four complete innings with nine strikeouts, and his bullpen had to come in and save the day. So here's looking for a more efficient game out of Gio Gonzalez. The lefty goes into the wind against Alex Gordon, and this game is underway with a 12-6 curveball that catches the upper outer portion of the plate against the lefty, Gordon. White Sox lineup today. Let's go around the horn. As the first pitch is at 7-11. Yasmani Grandal behind home plate. Abreu at first. Mendick at second. Anderson at short. And Moncada at third base. The pitch from Gonzalez. Flared out into left field where Aloy Jimenez will make a catch at his knees running in. A nice play by him. So that's the first out of the first inning. So we already know who's in left. It's Aloy. In right is Nomar Mazara, and center field is Leori Garcia as Luis Robert gets a night off. 
Gonzalez facing Nicky Lopez. He of the 0-8-0 batting average. As light winds blow from left to right, barely moving the flags. As the sun is already setting here on this April evening. The 1-0 pitch to Lopez. Pops straight up. Grandal takes two steps back, two steps more. Camps underneath it and makes the play, and there are two outs quickly here in the top of the first inning. The big problem for Gonzalez was his inability to be efficient with his pitches. Last start out, strikes out nine, but worked so hard he couldn't get into the fifth inning and was losing when he left the game. No strikeout so far, but he's got two outs here in the first, and that's all that matters. Whit Merrifield's hitting 184 in the three spot. The righty swings and misses at a changeup, tailing away outside of the zone. Owen won the count. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for these games. We've been getting messages coast to coast. Got a message recently from a young man out in San Diego who told me that he loves the Southside accent like I'm making it up. By the way, Joe McDonald is going to be the home plate umpire that's just been announced. It's the first time we've seen him all season long. It's not a made-up accent. I'm really a Southsider. And I'm not trying to lay it on. I don't even hear the accent. I think you have an accent, so be quiet. No, I appreciate you listening, and thank you very much. One and two is the count as Merrifield stands in, and the lefty Gonzalez goes into the wind with two outs. Swing and a miss at one, tailing below the knees and outside. Merrifield goes down as the first strikeout victim of Gonzalez. And midway through the first, no score, and the Sox coming up. A gorgeous yet chilly night here on the south side of Chicago. The sun already setting as Jacob Junis takes the mound. Four starts, 1-0, 4.84 earned run average, 22 and a thirds innings with 29 hits and seven walks. That's a whip of 1.61. He has 20 strikeouts over that time period. His only win of the season came against the White Sox in the opening series. He got game three from the Sox. He also was part of another win. So both times he's taken the mound, the White Sox have lost. Although it happened later in the game after he was out of the game when the Royals finally took the lead against the Sox about a week ago. The Royals are fourth in the AL Central because the Tigers are really bad. And Tim Anderson takes a ball outside, 1-0 the count. Next pitch, a four-seamer down the middle, swung on and missed, 1-1. One one. Anderson could have been a candidate to sit down today, but he sat down a lot. This team is towards the back end of a stretch with nearly three full weeks without a day off, and he's 2-1 right now in the leadoff spot. Chopped the first base. It's going to be flipped over to Junis in a foot race to the bag, but he will beat Anderson. He had a head start. And that's one out here in the bottom of the first inning. After this series, the White Sox go on the road for four in Los Angeles against the Angels, and then they get a day off. Two in Denver against the Colorado Rockies and another day off. So trust me, they are getting towards the back end of a very long stretch without a day off. And Leary Garcia, who's playing center field today, bats second, hitting 284 and takes one deep into the right field corner, tailing back towards the wall. It'll hit just below the yellow line. Garcia's on his way to second base. He will get in there easily with a double that goes right below the yellow line against the Goose Island bar off the fence a nice hit ball and with one out in the bottom of the first we have a runner on second base and Garcia and Abreu to the plate who takes a low four seam fastball for ball one Abreu's hitting 281 
spent the better part of the earlier half of this month above 300. It's not that he's in a slump, but he's not hitting 300, that's for sure. A sinker on the outside corner catches one and one the count. He's getting on base a lot. Let's say it that way. I think when a guy's in a slump, he can't do anything right. As this one's flared out in the right field for a base hit, it's going to fall in. Garcia coming around now. No, he's going to go back. Throw in the home probably would have gotten him. So a conservative decision at the third base coach position for the first time all season. And we have first and third. That one dropped right out there, and Garcia was rounding third. He was held back. So many White Sox runners have been thrown out the plate, even Garcia in the last week. It made sense to hold him up. So first and third now with one out in the bottom of the first for Moncada. Batting from the left side of the plate, he fouls this one down the first base line. As I was saying about Abreu, he's drawn a lot of walks and gotten on base, and he's had a few big hits in big situations. Gets a hit right there. So I don't say he's in a slump, even though the average has left the 300s range and is in the 280s now. Four seamer outside, swung on a miss. Quickly, Moncada's 0-2. Moncada's hitting 316 right now for the White Sox, batting in the four spot. Yesterday, he went two for four with a double and a single. Junis with the delivery. Chopped towards short, going to get under the glove, and it's going to go out in the left field. One run is in. Abreu on his way into third. The play safe under the tag as he slides in head first as the ball arrived at third base. So it'll still be first and third, but now Moncada with the RBI single and the White Sox with the quick 1-0 lead here in the first inning. Heads up base running by Abreu. Getting in under the tag of Dozier at third base. And Aloy Jimenez hitting 257 with seven home runs on the season steps in. Outside corner, this slider catches. 0-1 the count. Jimenez steps out real quick. Does a few practice swings. Junis checks his hat like the answers are in there. And the right-handed pitcher stands up there now against the right-handed batter. And the 0-1 pitch on the way. Outside slider taken, 1-1 one one the count. The only guy with more home runs on this team is Edwin Encarnacion with 8. And he is standing in the on-deck circle. The pitch. Inside at the hands, 2-1 and one the count. Jimenez yet to swing. Ball strike ball. Junis ready with pitch number 16 of this first inning, and it's on the way. Low slider, 3-1, hitter's count with Encarnacion, who has three home runs in the last three games and knocked in all four RBI yesterday for the Chicago White Sox. On deck, the pitch. Low, and he walks him. The bases are loaded. Big inning brewing here for the Chicago White Sox against Jacob Junis. He's had their number early in the year, and now they're getting to see him for a third time. And they're on him early here in the first inning as Encarnacion comes up. He's got a 931 OPS slugging, 597. So yeah, that average is at 250, and yeah, he leads the team in strikeouts, but he's dangerous right now. First pitch, inside corner, slider, up at the waist level. 0-1 the count with one out in the bottom of the first and the bases are juiced. The pitch. Swung on and missed on a four-seam fastball inside at the knees. 0-2. He just has to get his bat on the ball and put it deep. Even if it's a flyout, a run will score. 1-0 already. Junis sets and delivers. Low and outside. 1-2 and two the count. 
Not a lot of folks in the stands right now, but they're making noise. This team is out of a rebuild and showing life early in this season, sitting in second place and chasing the Twins, who they've already taken two out of three from early in this season. Outside fastball fouled off as Encarnacion fights it off down the first baseline. One and two the count with one out. The bases loaded the pitch. Low, taken, changeup. I've seen him swing at those before. He did not. A lot of discipline there. Two and two the count. But Encarnacion likes to go for the ones tailing away. Let's see what Junis does. Inside taken on a changeup. Three and two. He may be setting them up for that one that tails out of the zone. The Royals have seen the White Sox so many times. This is our eighth meeting already in, in mid-April. This one flared out deep in the left field, tailing back towards the wall. It is gone! A grand slam! Edwin Encarnacion takes it out. Three rows back in left field, just to the right of the bullpen if you're looking at it from home plate. 374 feet out at 100.1 miles per hour. And the Grand Salami gives the White Sox a 5-0 lead here. And there's still only one out in the bottom of the first inning. Let's get him. Encarnacion tagged it. There are people still coming into the ballpark. And there's a party going on when they got here. As Yasmani Grandal comes up now. 0-1 already quickly as he fouls this one off down the third baseline. Grandal has four home runs on the season, 13 RBI, but is hitting a paltry 194. But we have seen him be a big improvement with Dylan Cease. Cease's numbers with Grandal as opposed to McCann are night and day. He's got two shutouts, essentially, over seven innings and six innings in his last two appearances with Grandal. And this is a veteran who's going to get it together. He's one and two now quickly as Junis sitting on 27 pitches here with one out in the first delivers and this one's flared out into left field underneath it it's going to be a can of corn for the second out of the inning and the White Sox are a five to nothing here with two outs and Nomar Mazara comes up this White Sox simulated season brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park 33rd in Princeton the doors will open once life gets back to normal but until then and that was an interesting transition there. Blah, blah, blah. But until then, go visit CorkandCarryAtThePark.com or go through Grubhub. 194 Mazzaro's hitting. It's amazing how good this offense is. And you've got guys hitting under 200 that are everyday players or close to it. 2-0 quickly to Mazzaro from Junis. That was his 30th pitch. He's still in the first inning, and he's trailing 5 to nothing. And this is what the White Sox should be doing to a team like the Royals. It was amazing to me that through six games against them, we are sitting at three and three. We win last night. We're four and three in the series. We're winning big early now. The count goes to three and one after an inside strike is taken, then an outside ball way outside is taken. Danny Mendick, the nine hitters on deck. Love to see everybody get up in the first inning. Then you know you're having a good game. Flared out to short, two hopper and flipped over to first base, the 6-3 put out, but not before. A Mancata RBI single and an Encarnacion Grand Slam out into the setting sun. The White Sox lead it 5 to nothing, top of the second. And whereas 
Jacob Junis is on his way quickly to 40 pitches, and he's only one inning through. Gio Gonzalez has nine as he starts the second inning. And the first pitch to Jorge Soler hitting 250 is fouled off down the first base line. The only thing I can think of right now that would make me pause is that White Sox starters have almost come out cold after their team puts up big runs. This one is driven deep out in the center field and caught at the track. One foot in the grass and one foot on the track. On the left center field side of the batter's eye. Leary Garcia puts it away and there's one out. And Hunter Dozier, the third baseman, comes up. Hitting 320. And he's hit against the White Sox, but not a lot of big hits against us. He's doing most of his damage when he's not playing us. This is his eighth game against the White Sox. And his fifth one here on the south side so far. As a high four seamer goes for a strike, 0-1 the count. One out, top of the second, Sox lead five to nothing. This is a White Sox simulated game and a White Sox simulated season on Sox in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. That pitch outside, one and one. My name is Chris Lanuti, and I'm on my second bottle of wine. I'm trying not to drink too much during this, but every once in a while, you just get out of roll. I kept putting off this game, so if I slur, excuse me. This one's grounded into right field, scooped up by a charging Mazzara. It's going to be a single. So with one out, there's one on here in the top of the second inning. Up at the plate now, Sal Perez. Salvador took all of last year off. He's hitting 214 now. And he takes a changeup down the middle for a strike. Owen won the count with Dozier taking a moderate lead over at first base. Gonzalez, the lefty, against the righty Perez. Sets and delivers. Deep, back, gone. It's the only way to describe it. Sal Perez just tagged that one. That's a two-run home run. 500, 431 feet. Out at over 108 miles per hour. It was so big, I thought it was 500. But it was really only 431 feet. Man, he, he just tagged it. And this goes back to what I was talking about. White Sox starters have not done well that half inning after their team scores runs. You put up five. You want your starter to come out and shut them down. Crush their spirits. But now they're like, yeah, this is a game. Because instead of it being a five-run lead, it's a three-run lead. And it's early. And Ryan O'Hearn betting seventh, hitting 192 steps in. And the lefty swings and misses at an inside four-seam fastball. 0-1 the count. Want to remind you that Sox on 35th, the world-famous blog, doing recaps, doing box scores, after every series showing the stats for the entire team. This one is taken for a strike on the outside corner, 0-2. Check them out after you listen to the broadcast each and every time really completes what we're doing here. You know, we all know what this is. We all want real baseball, but man, this is fun. One and two the count, the pitch on the way fouled off. I get angry at these games. I yell. I've had I've had different guys that are that are writers, beat reporters, that have told me. They yell at their phone or their radio or whatever they're playing this over when something's not going right. James Fox was yelling about Dallas Keuchel about a week or so ago. He sent me a message. He's like, I didn't realize that, I, like, I forgot. I just started yelling. 
And we need that. We need that release. Two and two, the count is even. O'Hearn has fouled off a few of them. Pitch number 24 from Gonzalez in the game is also fouled off with one out here in the top of the second inning. Gio's working quick. The pitch is low outside for a changeup. Three and two, the count. With Mikhail Franco on deck. Gonzalez has to get after it. You got a quick out. You got a five-run lead. Then you put a guy on and give up a bomb, and now you're 3-2. And you walk this guy outside changeup. Gio Gonzalez has been so shaky going back to his last game. And Don Cooper's coming out to talk to him right now. They're going to have a discussion. Because, you know, your team's on fire. They have a big first inning. And you, you can't give the game back to the other team here. You've got them down. As my father always says, step on their necks and break their throats. You got a team down, beat them. Don't let them back up again. Don't let them gasp for air. I hope he was talking about baseball. Otherwise, Dan's a sick puppy. Mikel Franco's up. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed in a high outside fastball. 0-1 the count with the runner on first base. You know, when you got an early lead like this, you don't bring in the bullpen early. So Gonzalez has to figure it out or we're going to be in a softball game. Low and outside, two-seam fastball, one and one. There's a couple of boos now coming out in the crowd. And I get it. Fans are like, what the heck? We had a great first inning. You were pitching fine in the top of the first. What happened, Gio? The pitch on the way. Inside catches the inside corner on a four-seam fastball, one and two. He's getting ready for pitch number 30 now, so all that efficiency is out the window in this inning. And he's got to decide if he's going to pull it back together or if it's going to be another short outing. And eventually, when Michael Kopech comes up, am I going to be the guy in the bullpen? Outside fastball taken, two and two. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. Whereas in the first two weeks, you would say, oh, Gonzalez is going to be part of this rotation for the long haul. Cease and Lopez have been much better overall. And they're also hotter in the last two weeks than Gonzalez has been. Two and two the count after that one's fouled off. The pitch on the way. Low in the dirt. Does not get far enough behind Grandal for the runner to advance, so he holds at first base. Three and two. The count goes full with Brett Phillips on deck. And the right-hander, Franco, hitting 293, awaits the pitch. He chops this one to third base. Mankata over to second, across from Mendick to first, scooped by Abreu on a nice play. Five to four to three, and they bail Gonzalez out, who had nothing in the second inning. Midway through the second, Sox lead 5-2. Danny Mendick, part of that double play, now steps up to the plate, hitting 233. He's had the average as high as in the 270s, just about a week ago. He officially won that second base job away from Leary Garcia who had defensive troubles and we haven't seen anything from Mendick. First pitch taken for a ball, next one on the way from Junis. Low, changeup, rolls to the backstop, 2-0. And he gets on base at a pretty good clip. He's gotten hits in the right spots, but 233 is 233. And Nick Mandrigal is supposedly the future. Although they are splitting time right now at second base as the rookie gets acclimated. 3-0 count to Mendick. The pitch from Junis. Just gets the strike zone at the knees. 3-1. The Yankees getting beat up in Detroit. Every once in a while, 
Anything can happen in baseball, I guess. 10-2. Minnesota losing 4-1 against Seattle here in the second inning. As this one's fouled off and the count goes full. The Asterix are up 1-0 on Tampa Bay. Boo. Flied out down the first baseline, hooking foul about two sections before the pole. The count remains 3-2. And then he walks him. Outside slider misses. Junis walks the leadoff batter in Mendick. And Tim Anderson comes up 0 for 1. Junis, 40 pitches at this point. He's done the first inning and one batter here in the second that he walked. All good signs for the White Sox in the long term. TA stands in. Mendick with a lead. The pitch on the way. Outside slider taken for a ball, 1-0, as the sky turns purple as the sun sets here on the south side of Chicago in April. The pitch again. Hits the outside corner on a four-seam fastball, 1-1 one one the count. Milwaukee beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, 9-5. They are in the fifth inning. Swung on and sent into left field. A line drive. Runner will advance to second base. First and second on a base hit from T.A. The Sox have two on already here in the second now with no out. They were all over Junis in the first inning, getting five runs. He's no better right now as Leary Garcia comes up one for one. You got to get on this guy as much as you possibly can because your starting pitcher doesn't look too hot. He's just not as bad. This one's fouled off down the third base line. There's an 0-1 count. The lefty, Garcia, as the righty, Junis, delivers. In the dirt, it's going to roll. Nobody's going to advance. Perez corralled that ball and looked around before he picked it up like, I dare you to go. Nice lead by Mendick at second base. The pitch, low sinker, 2-1 the count. At this point, if you're a White Sox hitter, you're selective. If you're a runner, you're patient. Jacob Junis has dug himself enough of a hole. Don't let him out of the hole. The 2-1 pitch on the way. Checked up, but it's a strike just above the knees on a changeup. 2-2. Two and two. The count is even. Garcia has to protect now a little bit. The pitch on the way. Chop the second base. Slow roller. They're... Trying at second base, they're going to get him, but they're not going to get the runner at first. A bang-bang play at second. They'll get Tim Anderson. He thought he was on the bag. He lingered for a while. No way they were going to turn it, though, because that ball was rolling slowly. First and third with one out, and Abreu takes a four-seam fastball down the middle, 0-1, the count. He's 6-for-24 lifetime against Junis with four RBI. He's 1-for-1 today. Low inside slider, 0-2 quickly. First and third. Mendix at third. Leary Garcia's at first. And an 0-2 count with one out and a bomb at a second. And the White Sox leading 5-2. 50 pitches for Junis. This is 51. Flared out into right field, maybe deep enough to advance Mendick. It is caught. He is going to go home. They're not even going to try for him. So another run comes across for the White Sox on the sack fly. Down the right field line by Abreu. Mendick comes across. 6-2 White Sox. Two outs now in the bottom of the second inning. 
And Yuan Moncada, who's one for one with an RBI single and scored on the Encarnacion Grand Slam, comes up for the second inning in a row here with two outs in the bottom of the second and a runner on first base. First pitch taken a sinker down the middle. Owen won the count. He thought about it and he pulled up for some reason. Didn't like the look of it. Moncada awaits the pitch. It's on the way. Fouled off. Four-seam fastball down the line. Remember, folks, Cork and Carry at the Park, they're our proud sponsors. They need your help. They're a small business. Support them in any way you can. Get some ballpark food and make sure they're around when we get back to business and baseball. Use Grubhub or CorkandCarryAtThePark.com direct. The pitch on the way. Broken bat, third base side. Grabbed by the pitcher, actually, before it gets the third. And flipped over to first. They get Moncada by a step. Junis with the put out, one to three. But after two, the White Sox tack on another and lead six to two. Now is the time for Gio Gonzalez to right the ship. Brett Phillips is up. He's the nine hitter. He's hitting 188, and we have made so much fun of him for being such a terrible hitter in each and every game that we have seen him in. And this is the eighth game we've seen him batting in the nine spot. He sucks. He takes this one on the outside corner, 0-1 the count. You want to get off to a good start against him. And you want to start rolling. You've only given up two hits and two runs, and you got a four-run lead. Get it together, Gio. The 1-1 pitch on the way. Outside taken on a 12-6 curveball. 2-1 the count to Phillips. I don't know why you're pitching around this guy. Go right at him. It's chilly. We're winning. It's Tuesday night. People have places to be on a changeup. Swung on and missed. 2-2 two two the count now. Gonzalez, the lefty to the lefty Phillips, flared out into right field, trailing back as Mazzara. He will catch this one before he gets to the track. And there's one gone. Like the hardest hit ball of Brett Phillips' career. One out here in the top of the third, and Alex Gordon comes up 0 for 1 with a fly out in the first inning. Gonzalez delivers a high four-seamer that just misses the zone. Gordon has spent his entire career 13 years with the Kansas City Royals. Takes an inside fastball that was close, 2-0 the count. On one hand, there are parts of Kansas City I enjoy. I can't, I can't besmirch the city. I've been there several times. Changeup catches the outside corner, 2-1. I've got in-laws there. My wife's dad and, his, and her, her, her stepmother are out there. I've been to the breweries. I've been and seen their different districts. I've ridden their mass transit. It's a big city in a in a middle of a cornfield. It's not as big as Chicago. Let's, I mean, we know this. But it's clean and it's nice and it's kind of fun. They got good barbecue. So I get it, 13 years there. I can't imagine he spends all 12 months there. That would be crazy. The 2-2 pitch from Gonzalez. Low and outside, the count goes full as Nicky Lopez stands on deck. He's got the same batting average as the year I was born, 77. Swung on and missed on a changeup inside on the hands. Would have been ball four. He fools Gordon for a second strikeout. Gio Gonzalez has two outs here in the top of the third inning. And Nicky Lopez, who popped out in the first inning, somehow continues to be in this Royals lineup, and the guy can't buy a hit. I make fun of Phillips. Let's make fun of Lopez. How did we lose three games to this team so far? The 0-1 pitch to Lopez. 
Hits the outside corner two times in a row with a four-seam fastball, and it's 0-2 quickly with two outs here in the top of the third. Into the wind in the pitch. Swung on and missed. He got him on three pitches. Another strikeout for Gio. He's starting to feel it. Midway through the third, White Sox lead 6-2. We're in the bottom of the third. Aloy Jimenez has a walk in the first inning. And Jacob Junis has 55 pitches. The 257 Jimenez scored on the Edwin Encarnacion Grand Slam. He's in the on-deck circle right now. Four-seamer misses, 1-0 the count. Shift on. Second base, shortstop, and third squeezed in between second base and third base. This one swung on and missed on an inside four-seamer. And the first baseman's playing second base right now. So the shift's on for Jimenez. As a slider tails away, 2-1 the count. Indians losing at home right now to Oakland, 4-2. Sox can pick up some ground tonight. The team right behind him and the team in front of them both losing. And they are winning right now, 6-2. As a four-seamer's foul back, 2-2 two two the count. Junis into the wind. Pitch number 60 is fouled back. Count remains even at two. Minnesota trying to come back. They're now trailing four to three in the third. Inside four seamer. Jimenez lays off a close one. The count goes full three and two. The eye is improving over the last week or so. The three-two pitch on the way. Chops this one to first base. He had to go after it. It was in the strike zone. A foot race to first on the 3-1 to one put out. And Encarnacion will come up with one out here in the bottom of the third. And the last time Jacob Junis saw him, he had a grand slam over his head in the first inning. And he's back again. Four home runs in the last four games for Edwin Encarnacion, who has nine on the season. And he drills this one into the left center field gap, tailing back towards the wall. It'll be caught at the track. And he is seeing the ball like it's a beach ball right now. Two outs in the bottom of the third inning. And Yasmani Grandal comes up, and he wants a little bit of that mojo because he is still struggling. Tough position that Ricky Renteria is in right now is that Grandal's the big free agent signing. He's the guy who's having such a great influence on his pitchers, and you want those pitchers to do well, but he is not performing at the plate right now. And so you can't bring in McCann every other game. Grandal's probably getting two out of every three, but you also don't want to stunt his ability to get out of a slump. 0-1 pitch, swung on and missed, and he's quickly 0-2 here with two outs in the bottom of the third. He's already 0-1 in the game. The Grandal story is becoming the story of April. It's the one blemish on a team that's on fire. Ground ball over to third. It's going to be bobbled, and Grandal is going to get the first base. Now, I think that should be a hit. They're going to call it an error, but Hunter Dozier is playing short because they have a shift on that has the shortstop behind second. Mondesi's behind second, and then they have then they have the second baseman out in right field. So that ball was hit to third. And Dozier has to run over and cover two positions and it goes off his glove, and they're going to call that an error. That should be a hit. Runners on, first base, two outs, bottom of the third, Nomar Mazzaro's 0 for 1, and he immediately hits the first one to second base. Nomar Mazzaro has never seen a first pitch he didn't like. 
Somebody has to teach that boy to be more selective. Ground out. And they do the fielder's choice. Four to six. Grandal out at second. End of three. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. 6-2 White Sox, top of the fourth inning, Whit Merrifield's 0-for-1 with a strikeout in the first. Gio Gonzalez, the lefty against the righty Merrifield, delivers his 49th pitch of the game, and the first pitch is flared out into deep right field. Mazzara will catch it about two feet in front of the track for a flyout. One pitch, one out here in the top of the fourth inning. Folks, you just heard about Family Waterproofing Solutions. I've met Ken several times. Good dude. U.S. Marine, you go in there, there's ribbons, there's patches. The, the guy... The guy's not only a Marine, but he's served. And he's a straight shooter. He was an essential business from the get-go, but he shut down for a while because he said, first, I want to take care of my people. 1-0 now to Jorge Soler, the second pitch on the way. Swung on and missed, 1-1. One one. I want to take care of my people, and I want to make sure that when I go back to work, it's on my terms. I want to make sure my guys are safe. I want to make sure my customers are safe. And he's put an entire system into place. Look, you get your estimates, video feed. You know, they do the work. It's safe. It's clean. It's protected. He's got a whole thing to lay out for you. Go visit Family Waterproofing. Give them a call. You heard the information there at the end of that last inning. Before the fourth inning started here, three and one now. The Solaire and an inside pitch is taken for a ball. And he's going to walk down to first base with one out here in the top of the fourth. Check them out. They give, a, pro, they give a, a portion of the proceeds to first responders and veterans organizations. And they're doing things the right way right now. He was telling me, there are other guys in his business, in his field, they never shut down. They were like, oh, we're, we're essential. They put nothing in place. Ken's doing it. And, and trust me, I've got a lot of different podcasts across a lot of different formats on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. I don't let advertisers on that are full of it because it looks bad on me. I trust him. Okay, so give him a call. 0-2 quickly to Hunter Dozier, who's 1-for-1 in this game. There's a runner on first base in Solaire with one out in the top of the fourth. Gio Gonzalez sits on 56 pitches. And the lefty delivering to the right-handed hitting Dozier. And the pitch is on the way. In the dirt, it gets away. Grandal has to run for it, so... The runner advances 90 feet. Soler in the second on a wild pitch from Gonzalez, who gets staked to a 5-0 lead. After he does really well, nine pitches in the top of the first. His team gets him five runs. He immediately gives back two. His team gets him another run. 
And he's out here right now, and it's the Keystone Cops. It's very up and down today with Gio Gonzalez. And what you're looking for is five to six innings and the lead when you turn it over to your bullpen, which has been incredible. Although you really wanted to give them a rest with this big lead. This one's flared in the right field. The throw's going to come in quickly. Abreu cuts it off in between first and second and holds Soler at third base. So it's going to be a single with the runner only advancing from second to third on a heads-up play by Mazzara, getting it into Abreu. Soler did not even want a chance, and Sal Perez, who has a two-run home run in his first at-bat today, takes a ball low, 1-0 the count with one out in the top of the fourth, and runners at first and third, with the Royals trailing the White Sox by four, six to two sacks. The pitch on the way from Gonzalez. Popped back, out of play, one and one. Gio gets in the swing and a changeup tailing away outside. One and two the count. The next offering, he just got a piece of one off the end of the bat and sent it down the first base line. Perez hanging tough, looking good up there tonight, which is a scary thing. Swings and misses at a changeup that was even further outside. He falls across the plate and kicks his bat. And Gonzalez has a strikeout of the guy that got the two-run home run on him earlier in the game and is trying to get out of this inning. Look, if it's sloppy, that's fine, but get the job done. If he gets it out here, I'm happy, even if it makes me sound silly. Ryan O'Hearn's hitting 192, and the left-handed batter stands in against Gonzalez and takes a 12-6 curveball below the knees. 1-0 the count. He walked in the second inning. If he gets a walk here, the bases will be loaded with runners at first and third. Gonzalez on 64 pitches here in the fourth inning. Looks in and delivers. Outside corner misses on a change, 2-0. And he has been using the changeup a lot in this inning. I don't know if that's by design or his arm is like spaghetti. Because remember, he labored in his last game and he wasn't so sharp in the game before that. As this one's popped straight back, Yasmani goes back near the netting, gets underneath it, flips off the mask and makes the catch. So a pop out to the catcher in foul territory and the White Sox are through the midway portion of the fourth inning. And they lead 6-2 with Mendick leading off. And Danny Mendick steps in. He's got to walk in the second inning. Jacob Junis, remember we were talking, very inefficient. Well, Gonzalez had been efficient. Both of them basically sitting on the same amount of pitches. They're in the mid-60s. First one is sent out into left center field, tailing back towards the wall. It carried a lot further than it looked like it was going to. It is caught about a step before it gets to the fence, near where the Royals have double barrel action going, warming up already for out number one. And Tim Anderson, one for two, steps up. He had a single the last time up, and he hits this one deep down the third base line. Anderson stands there with his hands on his hips, and it curves foul just misses the pole. Man, that was a pose to strike. But he looks silly now as he swings and misses at a slider and it's 0-2. I think he thought he had a home run. He was striking a pose. Now he chops this one foul. 0-2, the count remains. I mean, T.A. hit it and he took a step up the third baseline, which I don't even know if it's legal. As this one's fouled out the third baseline. And then he puts his, his hands on his hips while holding the bat in his right hand and stared at it. Like the bravado. As this one now is fouled down the first baseline on the ground. 
Power remains 0-2. And then it and then it curved foul on him. Next pitch inside, taken for a ball, 1-2. I mean, it would have been really cool if it would have gone out. It would have been a moment. But instead, it's it's kind of funny. Low and inside, 2-2. Two and two. You can laugh at it, though, because the White Sox are leading 6-2 here. If you're losing, you're kind of annoyed by it. Chopped up the middle, might get through, scooped up at short and sent over. They're going to get him by a hair. Two outs here in the bottom of the fourth inning now on the 6-3 putout. And Leary Garcia with a double and a run scored, hitting 290 on the season. And finding his way into the two spot in the lineup more often than not lately. And he's earned it. He's performing up there. He's 5 for 20 lifetime against Junis. And he's 1-0 right now on an outside fastball. The next pitch on the way, swung on and missed down the middle, 1-1. One one. Dodgers beat the Nationals in an early game today. In Washington, 6-3. The Phillies beating up on Texas in interleague play in Philadelphia, 10-1 in the seventh. The 2-1 pitch popped up the short. Can of corn, and that ends the fourth. We're through four, and the White Sox lead by four, 6-2. The Royals come up next. Top of the fifth inning, Mikel Franco will step up. He's 0 for 1 with the ground out in the second inning. He's hitting 289 with three home runs and 11 RBI so far on the 21st, I believe it is now, of April. And Gio Gonzalez on 66 pitches starts off the fifth inning with a four-seamer hitting the outside corner for a strike. 0 and 1 the count. Quickly into the line, the pitch. Fouled off down the third base line. Right-handed hitter, left-handed pitcher. 0-2 count. And it's on the way. Just misses high and outside. Borderline call, 1-2. and two. The pitch to Franco. He got him looking on a high fastball, and he knew it. Ball hit the glove, and he just started walking away. Didn't even protest. Fifth strikeout by Gonzalez on a pretty pitch. And it's a tale of two Gio Gonzalez's. And you really don't know what you have until this point. He seems to struggle all the time. Looking back at it, and now reminiscing as Brett Phillips, the clown show of the Kansas City Royals comes up. I don't know why I enjoy picking on this guy. He's 0 for 4 for the series, and I think he's got one hit over eight games against the White Sox in the ninth spot for the Royals. He's 1-1 one one now. Gio Gonzalez has not done well essentially in the second and third innings of almost every game he's pitched so far as this one swung on and missed one and two. What happens in the fifth and the sixth tells the tale. He either gets stronger, even in the fourth inning, he gets stronger in the fourth, stronger in the fifth, stronger in the sixth, or he just drops off and dies like he did last game. Full count now, as for some strange reason, Gonzalez is pitching around Phillips with one out here in the top of the fifth and a four-run lead. The lefty delivers. Swung on and chopped up the middle. It goes off of Gonzalez's leg, and Phillips gets a base hit. Well, it's pretty bad when that guy's getting that base. Got a runner on first now with one out. He's even surprised he got a hit. Skips right off of the pitcher's leg. If it doesn't, it's going to easily be a four-to-three putout as Mendick had the line to make the play, and things got adjusted. Alex Gordon steps in, 0 for 2 with a runner on first and one out here in the top of the fifth. Takes a ball high. 
1-0 the count. He struck out and he flied out so far. The lefty hitting Gordon, 13 years with the Royals against the lefty Gonzalez, the pitch. Inside for Seamer, 1-1 one one the count. Gonzalez checks the runner, the pitch on the way. Foul back. 1-2 the count. Remember, Sox on 35th. The world-famous blog is recapping the Sox in the Basement broadcast each and every day. So listen, and then read the recap. Check out the box scores. Everything fits together. This is a true simulation. 2-2 two two now to Gordon. Gonzalez checks the runner, the pitch. Flared out in the left field. It's going to get down. No! Great play by Tim Anderson. I spoke too soon. Running backwards, he dives into left field and catches it over his shoulder, sliding across the grass into left. An acrobatic play I thought was over his head. He adjusted, dives backwards, catches that ball exactly the way you would not teach a little leaguer, like backhanded with the glove twisted the wrong way. I don't know how he gets it. I don't know if he could do it again. There's two outs here in the top of the fifth. And Nicky Lopez is 0 for 2. They won't even show his batting average, even at a road stadium. He was 077 the last time he was up, 088 at the beginning of the game. And he's 0 for 2, but he's 3-0 right now against Gonzalez with two outs. And come on, Gio. You let Brett Phillips on, and now you're 3-0 to this guy. I mean, maybe we should give this guy a scouting report before the game so he knows who to throw pitches to. And he walked him on four. Like, it makes no sense. He let the two worst batters in the lineup for the Royals. He went full count, gave up a dink hit to Phillips, who's now on second. And he walked a guy who's hitting midway between zero and 100. And I'm not talking over a few games, like for the season. And he puts him on first. And Whit Merrifield comes up, and yeah, I know his average is under 200, but he's better than that. And when he figures it out, he's going to make you pay. And you got two runs on now in the top of the fifth inning with two outs, and you're on pitch number 86, and 1-0 and to him. And this one's foul back, 1-1 one one the count. Gio Gonzalez continues to perplex me. As a low changeup at the knees is taken for a strike, 1-2. and two. Thank goodness. I have this nice Cabernet to calm me down. Chop the second. Mendick gets his pick. He'll flip the second base. He could have gotten anybody out at any base that one got to him so fast. Anderson tags second. We're midway through to fifth. The White Sox lead 6-2 to two on the south side of Chicago. Eric Skoglund. We talked about him before. He's been on He's got five games under his belt, two and two, 11 innings, an ERA of 2.45, 10 strikeouts and two walks. I believe we've seen him twice. One time he held us down, the other time we jumped all over. And Abreu comes up one for one. He also had the sack fly, so he's had two at-bats. One of them was not official. And an inside fastball is taken for a ball, one and oh the count. Yesterday, he was 0 for 2, but had two walks. Today, he's 1 for 1 with the sack fly with the RBI. So again, like I said earlier in the games, he fouls this one off, and it's 1 and 1. The average may have come down from being over 300 and sit in the 280s. 
but he's still being productive. A guy like Abreu works his way through even the rough times without dropping off the face of the earth. Swung on and missed on a high four seamer, one and two to count. And this is the reason why we talked about it all offseason. We talked about it during the season last year. Here at Sox in the basement, you had to re-sign Abreu. Swung on and chopped foul down the first baseline. Count remains one and two. There was a lot of things like, well, do you re-sign him? He's getting older. We've got all these young players. What about this guy or that guy? No. It's hard to find a guy with this kind of consistency who's now two and two and the pitch on the way. Swung on and missed. He strikes out here, but still, one out in the bottom of the fifth. It's hard to find a guy like a Jose Abreu. We broke down the top 10 hitters that were expected to hit free agency. Abreu was fourth. And the White Sox were able to get him in a bargain because he wanted to come here. So anybody that detracted from having him on the team, he's good for the young guys, and he's still a productive player that belongs in the, in the three spot in your lineup. And there's no arguing about that. Mancata comes up one for two. One to know the count quickly on a high inside pitch laid off. Jesse Hahn and Jake Kalish warm up in the Royals' bullpen. Kalish is a lefty, Hahn's a righty. Mancata's batting on the right-handed side of the plate. And he flares this one in the left field for a base hit. Hard hit ball. Line drive, got down right after it cleared the dirt. Nobody could make a play on that one. He's been on top of things the last couple of games. He looks really good. The power is not there right now. He only has two home runs, but he's seeing the ball well. And I feel like early in the season, he's trying to hit him deep. He's trying to show the naysayers. No, 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 I can hit for power too. And when he started hitting for average, you've got a heck of a ball player there in that four spot right now that you eventually hope to move back to the two spot when a guy like Aloy Jimenez is finally ready to move up again. He's 0 for 1 right now. He's got Mancada on first, and he takes a four-seamer just inside the zone at the letters. 0 and 1 the count with one out here in the bottom of the fifth. Sox leading 6-2 against the Royals. The pitch on the way. Outside misses two-seam fastball from the lefty, Skoglund. Big left-handed pitcher against the righty, Jimenez. 1-1 count, the pitch on the way. Outside misses on a change. 2-1 the count. Mancata, healthy lead. He's not good at stealing bases, at least in these simulations. This one's flared out in the right center field. It's heading towards the gap and towards the wall. Back to the wall, it will clear. And Aloy Jimenez puts this one out 400 feet. Everybody was running until the fence got in their way and told them they had to stop running. Gets out at a little over 102 miles per hour. And Jimenez puts out an oppo to right center field for two runs. His eighth on the season for number 74. Hard hit ball, but you can tell he's not trying to hit home runs. He went where the ball was, an outside pitch, and he just followed the pitch and muscled that one out as hard as he could to the gap, and it just gets over. 400 feet to right center field. And the White Sox lead this game now 8-2 in the bottom of the fifth inning. Encarnacion takes the first pitch for a strike, four-seamer down the middle. He had a grand slam in the first inning. He's one for two. Hitting 257. And leading the team in home runs with nine. 
even after Jimenez's eighth just moments ago. Inside four, Seymour taken for a ball, one and one. Encarnacion, four home runs in his last four games. Still leads the team in strikeouts, although over the last four games, less of those and more home runs, so that's a good sign. Pitches outside, two and one the count. You know, when I sat down tonight and I said, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do this ball game. It was a long, long day. This one's high, taken for a ball, three and one. And, you know, sit down with the kids, we had dinner, had a little vino, a little wine, had a little more wine. Then all of a sudden I was like, I got to do this game, and I really hope that this is a win so I don't get angry. And it'd be nice if it was like a really solid win. And right now, at this point, eight to two in the bottom of the fifth, let's just have some fun. Who knows what I'm going to talk about at this point, folks. As Encarnacion walks down to first base. A free pass for him, and Grandal's 0 for 2 with a flyout. And he reached on an error that should have been a hit. He really should be 1 and 2. When a guy's hitting under 200, I don't care if it's a simulation on MLB 20. He got ripped off. He's batting righty now. A lot of people don't realize he's a switch-hitting catcher. So he stands in on the right side of the plate and takes one on the outside corner. Curveball for a strike, 0 and 1. He's got four home runs so far in the season. The last two weeks, ice cold. Hitting under 200 for the season. Nothing deep in weeks. Has done a very good job, though, behind the plate. The 1-1 pitch is taken outside on a four-seam fastball, 2-1. The next pitch on the way. Cracked out into center field. Tailing back towards the wall. It's going to clear, and Grandal hits a two-run home run of his own. 429 feet! That one got out quick. 108 and a half miles per hour. And Yasmani Grandal finally gets that fifth home run. The White Sox are rolling. It's always in those games. It's like a Tuesday night game. There's not a lot of people in the stands. And they're just beating up on the Royals tonight. I love it. Deep back and gone. Hits that little section next to the batter's eye in left field before you get to the batter's eye where half of those seats have obstructive views. Actually, all of them do. You can't even see the other side of the outfield. Jake Kalish comes in now. He's 0 for 2 with seven games under his belt. 17 in the third innings. 2.60 earned run average, and the White Sox have gotten after him. And it's another lefty, so they're not changing what side of the plate the ball is coming from. They continue to go with Kalish. And Mazzara... Stands in and takes a fastball at the knees for a strike, 0-1. He's 0-2 with two ground outs. He's terrible against left-handed pitching. Be nice to see him, like, show something here against a lefty. The pitch on the way. Just misses on a slider, 1-1 the count. Sox are up 10-2 here in the bottom of the fifth inning. With a lead like this, we're going to talk about uh, quarantine wine selection. In the next inning as we found some interesting selections at your local Mariano's and Whole Foods. My wife loves wine, but she can't get the stuff she wants, so we started trying other things because we could order them, they show up on the doorstep, or you could pick them up with the no contact thing. We found some new ones we'll talk about. One and two to the count as this one's fouled off. I'll tell you how I'm getting my beer, too. I'll give you some tips for the quarantine, for the lockdown, for the coronavirus. 
as Nomar Mazara fouls this one off and continues to hang in there one and two with one out in the bottom of the fifth. Guess what, Gio Gonzalez? You're gonna pitch till your arm falls off with this lead. It's a four seamers fouled off down the third base line. Kalish tries again. Swung on and missed. He finally got him on a four-seamer. Inside in the strike zone at the knees. And Mazzara, so far, looks like a bust of a pickup in this simulation. Brutal. Danny Mendick comes up. A stunning man. We've talked about it before on Socks in the Basement. Danny likes to leave the top buttons open on the jersey. And MOB The Show has done a terrible job of representing this. Because they've got to have his buttons all the way down to his navel. And they don't. They've got him buttoned up to the top with a shirt underneath, even in short sleeves tonight. He's 0-1 on a fastball down the middle he took. He likes to wear that thing really unbuttoned, okay? Like a bad stereotype in a mobster movie. As this one is sent out to short on the one hop over to first, pulls him off the bag, and Mendick is on in the air. Another error at short today for the Royals. That's mainly because they don't have their normal shortstop out there. Nicky Lopez is their fill-in utility guy, and Alberto Mondesi got a night off tonight. And Lopez has been brutal at the plate and brutal at short. A high four-seamer taken for a strike by Tim Anderson, who's back up again. And he's struggling a little bit. 0 for 4 in the last game with two strikeouts. He's 1 for 3 tonight. He's probably due for a day off. He'll probably get it tomorrow. He might come out of the game early tonight. The pitch on the way. It's fouled off down the first base line. You know, your team's up by eight, and the guy's a little worn down. If he has a bad at bat here, you might pull him out of the game. Kalish, with his 12th offering of the inning, a low changeup below the knees, one and two the count. Kalish delivers. Swung on and missed at a high four-seamer way out of the zone, and I don't know if T.A. is seeing things as well as he wants to. End of five. Ten to two. White Sox lead. And Gio Gonzalez comes out for the top of the sixth inning, but there's been a defensive replacement, as we alluded to, as he throws this four-seamer just outside to Solaire. Leary Garcia is going to come into short and play for Tim Anderson. Give him the rest of the night off. He wasn't looking good. And Adam Ingles in center field, and he drops back to the wall and catches one. He literally leapt right up where it says the catch out on the outfield wall. And MLB The Show actually has it written on the outfield wall where Dwayne Wise made that catch in the Mark Burley perfect game. And Adam Engel just lined up directly underneath it and jumped up and made the catch over the wall on a first pitch ball that almost went over. So the defensive replacement of Tim Anderson is the reason why Engel's out there. The pullback of Jorge Soler home run. And the White Sox continue to lead 10-2 with one out now on the top of the sixth. And Hunter Dozier is quickly 0-2 as Gio Gonzalez works with 94 pitches. And the pitch on the way. High four-seam fastball, two and two the count. Gonzalez into the line in the pitch. Swung on and sent down the first baseline foul. At this point, Carson Fomer's warming up in the bullpen. He's going to take over in a game where you're up by eight. Make no mistake about it. As I said, Anderson's already out of the game. White Sox haven't had a lot of days off, so it's time to rest some guys with a big lead. 
Ricky Renteria is not hesitating as Gonzalez gets his fourth strikeout. I'm sorry, he checked that sixth strikeout of the game against Dozier on a low tailing slider out of the zone that he chased. There's two outs in the inning. So Angle's out in center now, and Garcia's over at short. He moves in from center field. And that's a high inside fastball for a strike, 0-1 to sell Perez. Gio Gonzalez is about to throw his 100th pitch, and I don't think Ricky is worried about it. He's going to make him go six, no matter what, with this lead. Outside, 12-6 curve, misses. 1-1 one one the count. So I told you we were going to talk about wine selection. Let's talk about some of them. Tonight, I've tried a few of them. Um, right now, I'm drinking a Bogle Cabernet Sauvignon. It's not a bad wine. I mean, it's cheap. But sometimes the cheap ones are the good ones. Two and one the count. And we can get it at Mariano's where they'll put it in the back of the car in the no-contact pickup. My wife always tries to tip these people, and they don't take it. And God bless them. I keep telling her, wad up the $20 bill and throw it out the window. They're out there working. This one's in the dirt. The count goes three and two with O'Hearn on deck. Two outs here at the top of the sixth inning. So that's a pretty good one. But you know what the one is that I would recommend to you? And we're getting it right now at Mariano's. And they don't advertise with me. This is just me talking quarantine with you as this one's flared out in the right field. Down the line, it's going to fall in and go off the wall in front of the Goose Island section and get tossed in a second. Play it second. Oh, he almost got him. Mazzara with a dart in the second base almost gets Sal Perez. I don't know if the umpire was prepared for it. I want a replay on that one. We saw the umpires go to the booth once in our simulation. I felt like that should have been the second time. Nah, he got in. Now on this angle, he got in. Good throw by Mazzara from the corner with two outs here in the top of the sixth. 10-2 still for the White Sox as O'Hearn comes in. With Perez on second, the four-seamer hits the outside corner for strike one, 0-1. Now, the one that she's been getting from Mariano's, and I never tried it before, it's called 19 Crimes. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, I like, I like red wines. I like Chianti's. I'll drink a Cabernet Sauvignon. We spent some time in California in wine country when I was doing radio. Outside curveball, 0-2 the count. And it's a really solid one. What I've been drinking tonight. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer. He goes down on three pitches. Gonzalez through six. Gave up only two runs. That's another quality start for him in the White Sox lead. Ten to two. Leary Garcia is one for three. And he will lead off the bottom of the sixth inning for the White Sox as they have a ten to two lead. Jake Kalish is still out there being fed with the Wolves. He pitches one outside for ball one, 1-0 one the count. Next pitch, low and outside on the four-seamer, 2-0. The pitch on the way. Hits the outside corner on a four-seam fastball, 2-1 the count. Hey, there's a final from Cleveland. The Indians have lost another one. Oakland beats them 4-2 in Cleveland. They've lost a few in a row. We leapfrogged them into second place yesterday. And now we'll be a game and a half up on them if we can hold on to this one. Meanwhile, Minnesota continues to trail Seattle by a run in Minnesota. Competitive AL Central early. The 3-1 pitch taken for a strike at the knees on a four-seamer. The count goes full. Next pitch on the way. 
outside four-seam fastball, and Garcia takes his base. So Leary's on. Walks down the first. And Abreu comes up. With no outs in the bottom of the sixth. He's one for two with a single. He's got an RBI and a run scored. So let's get back to this wine thing. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Because this is the thing that's happening now. Inside four seamer taking for a ball, 1-0. It's hard to find the things that you liked unless you want to go stand in line with the unwashed masses. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but really, some people are essential workers. This one's grounded a short flip to second and over to first for the 6-4-3 to four to three put out, and there's two outs here in the sixth inning. Some people are essential workers. If I were an essential worker, and I was one for a while, I was a 9-1 dispatcher. If I was already being exposed to people, I'd be walking in. I'd still be wearing a mask, even though the mask is more for other people and not for me. It doesn't really protect me unless I have one of those N95 things. So if you're wearing a mask, you're doing it for other people. And if you're not wearing one, those people notice. That's all I'm saying. But I would go in and I would go into a liquor store. But since I'm at home and I don't have to go, and my wife doesn't have to go, then... Our job is to not go anywhere. And we're taking that seriously. Like, it's not fair to the people that are nurses and doctors and 911 dispatchers and police officers and firemen if we're out. So we're not out. This one's flying out to center field, so I'm going to finish my thoughts as we go into the seventh inning. After six, the White Sox lead 10-2. And Carson Fulmer's coming in for mop-up duty on the south side. Carson Fulmer with four games is 0-1 over five and a third with a 3.38 ERA. Struck out nine, walked five. Right-handers hitting 182 against him. Lefties hitting over 340. And Mikel Franco, a righty, comes up 0 for 2. Now, he was a dumpster fire the first two times we saw Carson Farmer. But he has done really well in mop-up duty if the White Sox are losing by a lot or winning by a lot. And he comes out with no pressure here and throws a changeup just below the knees to Franco, 1-0 the count. So getting back to what I was saying, when I was a essential guy, I would have fallen in that category over the last decade. So I get what they're going through. And I, they're close to my heart as this one's grounded to Mancata, 5-3 put out, one out in the top of the seventh inning, and Brett Phillips coming up to the plate, pretending he's a Major League Baseball player. So I was an essential worker. I know what it's like. I'm not speaking out of my butt here. I'm not trying to pretend this isn't anything fake. I know what it's like. I was somebody that got called in in blizzards. I'm one of those guys that, like, if the building was on fire, they don't evacuate the 911 center. They put towels under the door. They don't send us out the building. 2-0 the count on two quick balls to Phillips. White Sox pitchers are treating like Babe Ruth tonight. Fulmer into the line of the pitch. Gets a strike on the inside corner on a change, 2-1. So, my thing is... If I was one, I'd be out. If I'm not one, then I'm staying in. And it's the right thing to do so that maybe life gets back to some semblance of normal and they're not at risk as much. Like, I'd like to keep the numbers down for people that I'm still friends with that I worked with who can't stay home. And my wife and I take this very seriously. This is a line shot of Bray who knocks it down with his body, smothers it, and flips it over to Fulmer covering first. For the second out of the top of the seventh inning, and Alex Gordon comes up. He's 0 for 3 with a line out his last time up in the fifth inning. Sox leading 10 to 2. So, like, I get it, and this is why I'm trying so hard to stay in the house. So, we're not going to stores. We're getting deliveries. So, if you're in my boat 
and you're getting deliveries. You're you're doing the thing where you're doing like Whole Foods. They'll bring it to your house. You're doing Mariano's. You're not going to Binnie's. I can't find a Binnie's to deliver to me. Instacart, they've revolted. One and one right now to Gordon. So I've had to find new wines, and that's where this 19 Crimes comes in. I really like it. I don't know anything about them. It's good stuff. Like, after this is over, I found a new wine. One and two on the outside pitch. The other thing I'm doing is I'm supporting breweries. So you have a local brewery or brew pub in your neighborhood. If you like them, you better start buying your beer directly from them. This one's flying out to center field. Underneath it is Angle. Quickly, the White Sox are through to the middle of the seventh inning now. Aloy Jimenez will lead it off at the bottom of the seventh. They're getting ready to sing. Sox lead 10 to 2. Aloy Jimenez is one for two with a two-run bomb in the fifth. This guy's warming up in the KC bullpen, but what does it matter? White Sox lead by 8-10-2 here in the bottom of the seventh inning, and a slider misses below the knees. So we're talking a little bit about how we're getting our boots. Let's talk about it, okay? And a shout-out really quickly to the guys who are probably the three princes of drinking when it comes to White Sox baseball, and that is Cherise E, Beef Loaf, and My Sox Summer from the 108. Inside pitch, 2-0. Had a conversation with My Sox Summer just recently. I was like, man... I want to find a way to involve you in this because I love the 108 and I love what they do. But back to the game. 2-0 count. Bomb of the seventh. Kalish is still in. Jimenez takes one that just hits the outside corner. 2-1 the count. So beer-wise, I'm going to breweries. And you have to do that because if you don't, they're going to go out of business. Low slider below the knees, 3-1. I read something where 5% of breweries have already said they're going out of business. They just didn't have enough backup. They're done. But by the end of this summer, you could have another 10% on top of that closing. Count goes full, three and two. And that's not a good thing if you like beer. Slider outside, Jimenez offers at it and misses. He's down with a strikeout, one out here in the bottom of the seventh. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to support local breweries. And right now I have two of them that I'm hitting, and I would, I'd like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go to some other ones. i got to drive out to those. But the closest ones to me is Open Outcry in Beverly. Now, I love Open Outcry. I love John Brand. Guy's a businessman. Okay? He, he had, like, a bunny showing up at people's houses the week of Easter, and he was placing eggs out in the lawns for kids, and he was putting beer cans with beer in them for the adults. You could sign up for it online. Like, he's pivoted and figured his whole thing out. He's doing a great job. 0-1 to Encarnacion, who's 1-for-2, as Kalish pitches his 30th pitch. Here's a relief pitcher that's like, why am I still out here with one out in the bottom of the seventh? That's a ball, 1-1 one one to count. But Open Outcry's doing a great job. They got food, so I order food for them. Every other week, they're part of my rotation. I get some food for them. And... And I order my beer from them. They'll bring them to me in 32-ounce crawler cans or, like, jugs that are resealable. Swung on and missed. The count's even at 2-2 two and two for Encarnacion. He's got a grand slam earlier in this game. The lefty Kalish looks in. The pitch on the way. Chopped. Over to short. Second baseman was playing behind second. On a shift, he actually makes the play. He almost runs into his counterpart. And gets it over by a hair to Encarnacion after they run into each other. Two outs and Yasmani Grandal, who's been ice cold but hit a two-run home run earlier in this game, is one for three. Should be two for three if not for the official score. 
And with two outs in the bottom of the seventh, it takes a slider outside. So what I do is I go to openoutcrybrewing.com, and I can order the beer online. You can get the food, you got to call in. All the details are there. And they'll drop it off. And if they can tell you're over 21, they don't even come up and check your ID. Okay, I mean, you're 50 years old. They're like, you're 50. Otherwise, you hold it up to the window. They read it through the glass. They don't want any contact with you, and it's great. They're doing it all by the book. They're doing a wonderful job. This one's flared on the first baseline, hooking foul under the stands. So I get my beer delivered like the milkman's bringing it. Now, the other one that I'm using is Blue Island Beer Company. Alan out there, one of the two owners, is a great guy. Big supporter of Sox in the basement. This one grounded. It goes off the first baseman. O'Hearn, who dies for it. He gets it over to first. A bang-bang play, but he gets him. I think these umpires just want to go home. After 7, 10 to 2, we'll talk more about breweries coming up in the 8th. Shout out to Ed Farmer up in heaven. Now I understand why he always talked about his golf game, because in blowouts, what are you going to talk about? Me, I'm talking about breweries. Nicky Lopez comes in. He sucks. He's 0 for 2 with a walk that I don't understand. And Carson Fulmer continues. And the righty, four-seamer, right at the waist, 0 and 1. The other one I'm going to is Blue Island Beer Company. Now, Alan, if you follow them on Facebook, you can make an order right through Facebook to him. He'll ring the whole thing up and take care of it and drop it off at your door. Mask, gloves, the whole thing. Just like all the places I mentioned, their masks, their gloves, their no contact. It's amazing. This one's grounded over to Mancata, over to first base on the 5-3 put out. There's one out here on the top of the eighth, and Whit Merrifield comes up 0-3 in this game and having a terrible start to his season. They continue to put him in the three spot. Kansas City in a rebuild. They don't care. They're just going to put you out there in that lineup. High fastball, swung at it, missed. 0-1 the count. You can go online. You can look up all the stuff he has. You can order and have him deliver it through Facebook. What I do is I instant message him on Facebook. I tell him, hey, I'm coming out there because I'm a little further away. He packs it all up for me in advance. He's got 64-ounce growlers coming off the tap, and he's got prepackaged beer. Packs it all up in advance. I show up. There's nobody there. Big, long bar. One and two pitch. Flared out in left center field. Underneath it is Engel. He'll make the catch on the run. Running towards Jimenez, who he calls off. Two outs here in the top of the eighth. And then I show up. I pick up the beer at one end of the bar, and I leave the card at the other end of the bar. We don't come anywhere near each other. I put the beer in the back of the car. He rings it up. I come back in. My card's sitting at the end of the bar. He's sitting back there, and he's just like, take it easy, Chris. Good guy. Have a conversation with him. I walked in the other day. I'm wearing a mask. Another guy's in there picking up his order at the other end of the bar. Has no mask. Made fun of me and my mask. I told him, this isn't for me. This is for Alan. Alan said, thank you. I wish more people would do that. That one's over to Mendick behind second base. He turns and pivots and throws. The 4-3 put out. We're midway through the eighth. White Sox lead 10-2. You're listening to a White Sox simulated game as part of a White Sox simulated season. Found on Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. And remember, Cork and Carry at the Park are proud sponsors. They got a great lineup. They got food, and they got their award-winning burgers, the, the nachos with the pulled pork, the, the you know, the, the, the cheese curds, you name it. They've got it over there. I, you know, I already know the result of the game, but if I were you, once a week, probably on the weekend, but I don't know, whatever day you want to do it is Mazzara swings and misses at the first pitch. He's 0 for 3, and now it's 1 and 1. I would pick a day where I order cork and carry food, and then I sat back and listened to a game and had a beer. Honest to goodness. 
as Mazzara flares this one out in the deep right field, trailing back towards the wall. It's going to go off the wall. He has an actual base hit, and he turns it into a double. That's the first time that man has had a base hit in a week. His sixth double of the season in quite a cold spell himself. Even with that, he's hitting under 200. And Mazzara leads off with a double in the eighth inning against a worn-out relief pitcher. Get it any way you can. Kalish is a reliever that only pitches for maybe an inning or two. He's on 40 pitches now, and he throws an outside two-seamer for a strike to Danny Mendick, who's 0 for 2 with a walk and a run scored. Runner on second, no outs in the bottom of the eighth. White Sox lead 10 to 2. But I would pick a day, and I would just get myself some ballpark food. You know, especially with the weather warming up. Sit in the backyard, have some food, listen to a ball game, have a beer. And remember to check out Socks in the Basement when we do the live broadcast. We're trying to do them now. We always release overnight Tuesday and the Wednesday so it's ready for you in the morning. 0-2 pitch to Mendick right now with no outs. Fouled off. It was in on the hands and inside out of the zone. He fights that off. Still remains 0-2. The pitch from Kalish. Inside just misses 1-2. and two. Mendick got a break on that one. It should have been strike three. Kalish looks in. Not a lot of people here. In a blowout game, people are leaving in in the, in the uh, simulation, too. This one's fouled off off of the tarp down the third base line. One and two, the count remains. Mendick awaits the pitch, and here it comes. High, two and two. So, get the beer, sit outside, eat the food, and then on Wednesdays, we normally would have Socks in the Basement pre-recorded, ready for you on Wednesday morning. As this one sent out in the left field, tailing back towards the wall. It'll be caught at the track. Mazzaro's going to tag and go second to third and easily get in there. That's how deep it was. So with one out, he's at third base. In the bottom of the eighth inning, and Adam Engel comes up. His first at bat of the game, he came in as a defensive replacement. He's hitting 400 right now early in the season. Highest average on the team. And he fouls this one off down the first baseline. He's in a platoon role, basically, with Mazzara, but also will spell Robert. And he's in center field right now, so Garcia can come in and spell Anderson tonight. Robert was already off. Anderson takes the rest of the night off. As this one's fouled off down the third baseline, and he's 0-2 with one out in the bottom of the eighth, and a runner on third base in Mazzara. The lefty Kalish delivers pitch number 50, and it's fouled back. They're really burning this guy out. He'll be out for the next week. Angle. Patiently waits in the pitch on the way. Low below the knees, one and two to count. But as I was saying, Wednesdays, overnight. Socks in the basement would post, so when you woke up Wednesday morning, you had it on your commute. This one's fouled off into the dugout down the third baseline. But now a lot of people don't even have that commute on Wednesday mornings. And we've got this simulated season going. So what we're doing is... We're doing a live show as Engel gets hit on the hip. I don't think that's intentional. It's just a tired pitcher trying to come inside. He'll go down to first base, first and third now with one out. And Larry Garcia will come up with one out in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning and the Sox leading 10 to two. So now at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, you gotta wait a little bit longer. You get it live on the Podbean app. Go to podbean.com. Go to SocksInTheBasement.com on any device that takes apps. You'll get prompted to download it or just go to your app store. Once you have it, you're going to get notifications when we're live. But also, you know, we're always up at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays. This one's flared down the first baseline. It's going to fall in. Mazzaro's going to score. 
Angle advances a second as he waited to see if it was going to fall in. Garcia's got another hit on the game. Sox are first and third and now lead 11-2 here in the bottom of the eighth inning with one out. Nice hit by Garcia. Little duck snort down the line on the first base side. And Abreu steps in. One for three, and they continue to let Jake Kalish take the brunt of the White Sox, saving their bullpen for tomorrow. Inside slider, that's a ball with runners on first and second, and one out in the bottom of the eighth. So what happens is, if you're on the Podbean app, you can listen to the show. It's live. We do at least a half hour. Sometimes we go late if people are calling in. Yeah, you can call in right through the app. You want to have headphones. Like, you want to have something where, you know, you do that plug-in in your device where you got the little headphones, the earbuds, where you can talk into them. The app requires that so it sounds better. They used to not require it. They're requiring it now. But you jump in, you can talk to us. It's just like a phone-in, like a live radio show. This one's jetted up the middle for a base hit. Runner's going to come around an angle, and he's going to score. Abreu's got a single and another RBI. 12-2 White Sox. Slaughter rule at this point if you're in Little League. But we got to continue to play because it's the majors. Yuan Moncada's going to come up now with one out in the bottom of the eighth inning. The Royals don't care what the score is. Oh, no, they do. In comes Scott Barlow, who's been their closer. He actually was their closer early on in the season, but he's one for four in save opportunities over six games with a one-and-one one record and an 8.44 earned run average. And his manager has decided to give him mop-up work. So Barlow, who has his one save against the White Sox, in a game where we almost came back and beat him. Seems to have lost the closer role, and it's apparent here on the south side of Chicago tonight, on a Tuesday, while his team is losing 12-2 with one out in the bottom of the eighth inning. And Mankata's 1-0. So here's the thing. You get on the Poppy map, you listen, you can call in. There's also a chat room you can type into us. We'll read your comments. We talk about the lineup. We talk about what's going on in the simulated season. We talk about promotions, demotions, what we're doing as we manage and simulate the season, you get an impact on what's going on to what you're listening to. This one's out in the left field. It's going to be a base hit. All runners are going to hold. The bases will be loaded. The White Sox are not done scoring runs tonight. They're, they're honest to goodness, the, one of the best offenses in baseball in this simulation. And now Aloy Jimenez comes up one for three with the bases juiced and one out. Sox already have one across in this inning and 12 across for the game. They're winning 12 to two and a blowout. So get the Podbean app. This is what I'm telling you to do. It's completely free. It's a free account. You, you, don't, you don't have to remember much at all. Save the password. You never have to worry about it again. Make it the easiest password you ever thought of. Do one, two, three, four. There's no credit card information. There's no nothing. Get yourself signed up in the thing. Subscribe to Socks in the Basement. Get notifications. Listen to us live. Participate with the live show. And you get to be a part of this live season because you're going to help us as we craft the season. And I think the season's going to go for a long time as Jimenez is one and two. Tony Clark, the representative for MLBPA, the Players Association, as this one is sent out into left center field gap, tailing back towards the wall, to the wall, looks up, it is gone! Eloy Jimenez with his second jack of the night, his ninth of the season, tying himself with Encarnacion at the top of the team, hits one 380 feet. And he has his own Grand Slam. Two Grand Slams tonight on a Tuesday. And this is why you go to White Sox Baseball on a Tuesday in April. You might get to see something like this. It's 16-2. A blowout of the Royals tonight. Oh, doctor. 
everything going the White Sox way. The wind was dead tonight. It's probably the first time the White Sox have not dealt with wind swirling or blowing in, and they are killing it. As Encarnacion swings at the first pitch and lofts it out to center for the second out of the inning. They are killing it tonight. Just brutalizing the Royals. It is safe to say that they now lead this series 5-3 and will go for the sweep tomorrow. As the pitch to Grandal is a slider taken for a strike 0-1. He's got a home run today. He's 1-4 for four with a two-run bomb. Tony Clark of the MLBPA talking earlier today saying, no, we're not negotiating anymore. We're not going to give you a discount or anything. This one's grounded on the first baseline. The shift does not work for the Royals as Grandal is on. It stays fair and there's nobody covering third. He's going to be on with a single on a slow hit ball down the third baseline. So a cheap hit against the shift. Grandal is on and Nomar Mazara comes up. I believe he led off this inning and scored. He's 1-0 and they still have poor Scott Barlow out there. Man, oh man. Meanwhile, Carson Fulmer, he's getting ready for the ninth. You won't see anybody else tonight. We will conclude this game as soon as the White Sox are done killing the Royals. Stop it. He's already dead. It's like the it's like they're on the side of the road and you just keep curb stopping them like Seth Rollins in WWE. One and two now on a swinging miss on the outside corner. Mazzaro's one for four. Two outs in the bottom of the eighth in the pitch. And it's all over. <laughs> Swung on and missed. On the outside corner, Barlow and the Royals can go back and hide their dugout. It'll all be over soon as we go to the top of the ninth with the White Sox up by 14. 16-2 here in Chicago. It's April 21st, and I think we have the blowout of the season. Unless something crazy happens. Hunter Dozier comes up with his team down by 14, and Carson Fomer's three outs away from ending this game. And a four-seamer just misses for ball one. So yeah, Tony Clark, MLBPA, the owners want to go back to baseball, but they're saying no fans, so they want to renegotiate. And Clark's like, no, 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 we already negotiated. We're not playing unless you pay us full salary. Now, this could be a negotiation tactic because, remember, there's a CBA to be negotiated next year. Might as well get it all the way now. You avoid the PR disaster of a work stoppage if you can hold people up right now. That could also backfire in fans' faces. Imagine no baseball in 2020 and a shortened season or no baseball in 2021. I think it would kill the game as this one's flying out to right field. So we're hoping that doesn't happen. As somebody that was, was, was once a union negotiator in a government job, I understand that you say a lot of things and you posture because you know you're going to meet in the middle eventually. So hopefully there will still be baseball in 2020, but bad news coming out today from the Players Association. Swung on and missed by Perez with one out here in the ninth. Owen won the count. Fulmer still on the mound. And his second offering on the way. Inside changeup, one and one. You know, for the first time in a long time, the players have the advantage over the owners, I think. I think players realize the owners want to get back. And players know they're getting at least some money this year with that negotiation tactic that they took earlier in April. And there's no other sports... And ownership knows the time is ripe right now because the NFL is going to have time to figure this out. And television contracts are about to go into default very soon as the count goes full. You know, they have to air so many live shows that they don't get paid. And it's revenue sharing and everything else. So the players are playing hardball at this very moment. 
because they know they can. Outside changeup. He chases and misses. Swung on and missed. Two outs here in the top of the ninth, and Ryan O'Hearn comes up, and we are finally to the last batter in this game. But it's been a fun one as the White Sox lead 16-2. Here on the south side of Chicago, fans have stuck around. But about half of them are in the ballpark than were in here earlier. Unfortunately, the Twins have come back in their game and currently lead against the Mariners. It really stinks because you felt like you were going to catch up to them a little bit, but man, they're unstoppable right now. As this one is flared out into left field, back towards the wall, angle underneath it, and this ball game's over. The White Sox win it 16-2. Very simple game pitching-wise. Gio Gonzalez through six. Carson Fulmer needs only 30 pitches to get through the last three innings. The White Sox hit two grand slams and a total of four home runs in this game. Was it four? Five. Maybe it was five? I'm going to have to look it up. Wow, it was a lot. Let's count them off. We had Encarnacion with the home run. Jimenez had two. Grandal had one. And four. I'm going to go with four. Sox on 35th will know for sure. They're going to post everything afterwards. Make sure you check them out for the post-game recap. If you want to read more about this White Sox shellacking they put on the Royals. They go for the sweep tomorrow before the road trip starts out west with the Angels and the Rockies. Aloy Jimenez, two for four with two home runs and six RBIs, including a grand salami. And who would have thought after Encarnacion hits the grand slam at the beginning of the game in the first inning, he'd be a footnote. He was one for four with that grand slam. Grandal, two for five with a home run of his own and two RBI. And Leary Garcia, two for four with a double, an RBI, and two runs scored. Gio Gonzalez, six innings, five hits, seven strikeouts, three walks, two earned runs. And Fulmer gets a three-inning save. Yeah, since he pitched three innings, even though it was a blowout, the rules say he gets a save. So Carson Fulmer goes three innings with one strikeout, no hits, no walks, no earned run, and gets a save in a 16-2 game. Baseball stats are funny. We'll be back for the sweep tomorrow. We will be. Thank you for listening to this White Sox simulated game as part of a simulated season brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park. Check them out at corkandcarryatthepark.com. Make sure you check out Family Waterproofing Solutions. Make sure you check out Sox on 35th for the recap. And remember, Sox in the Basement comes to you with every game, every day. Subscribe. And remember to get that Podbean app for the live show on Wednesday. If you missed the live show, it is available on our feed. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. My name is Chris Lanuti. You have a great night. Stay safe. Put the mask on for crying out loud. Get a cool one. Get one of those things that like bikers wear with the skull on it. It's not for you. It's for them. Hopefully we'll get through this thing soon. I want real baseball back. But until then, we're here for you. We will see you tomorrow on the south side as the White Sox go for the sweep. Socks in the basement. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.